Welcome back to the Faces of Manufacturing, a new show brought to you on the Michigan Business Network. Chris Holman here in our downtown studios in Lansing, Michigan. And we've got a couple of wonderful guests today with us, as a matter of fact. Cindy Kangas, who is the director of the Capital Area Manufacturers Council, and Joy Wagner, who we will have Cindy introduce in a few moments. Let's let's follow protocol here. Cindy, welcome to the show. It's good to have you. It's exciting to be here. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Well, one of the things we're doing that we're equally excited about is we're getting back to manufacturing and we're going to do that with a show that you are going to be presenting right here on the Michigan Business Network. And the name of that show is the Faces of Manufacturing. Is that correct? That's exactly right. Faces of Manufacturing. I finally got one right. That's right. (laughs) All right. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that. First of all, tell us about Capillary Manufacturing Council. So yeah, the Capillary Area Manufacturing Council, we actually started about 15 years ago under the umbrella of Michigan Works. And they created several focus groups that they thought would be of importance and need jobs in the next 10 to 15 years. And sure enough, all of these groups have kind of grown up and become out in the community member. They've come to fruition, I guess, is what I want to say. And so we became independent about four years ago. And our goal is to provide services, much like any other organization, to our manufacturers. So every month we'll have some sort of plant tour. We'll have some sort of outreach to a local community, a school, or a Boy Scout troop, or some sort of outreach to that next generation. And another thing that we're doing is women in manufacturing. We're doing HR focus groups. We're doing special networking events so that our members are getting a lot of value from just being together and supporting manufacturing in the capital region. So it's really exciting. It's the best job I've ever had. It's manufacturing's on fire, Chris, you know that. And it's the best kept secret that should not be a secret. And my goal is to make sure that narrative changes. Well, and and of course, one of the biggest challenges is people getting talent back in. So I would suspect you're working with some training programs and that affiliation with the uh, Capillary Michigan Works as well. We are, we are. Michigan Works is great. They're a great partner of ours. Excellent. So let's talk a little bit about this show then and what it's going to be about and what it's going to bring to the people who watch. So manufacturing in Michigan, it's kind of in our DNA. You know, if if you've grown up here, you know somebody that worked in a plant somewhere or you know someone that worked in manufacturing. And along the way, we stopped teaching younger kids about manufacturing. And we want to change the narrative. We want to teach the community. We want to teach that next generation of the talent pipeline what manufacturing is. And the best way to do that is to talk to the people behind it. The people that are showing up for work every day, what brought them to manufacturing? What skills do they have? What's the culture inside their factories? And we want to let everyone know that there are great jobs out there for them. And it's a happy thing. We want them there. Unbelievable. Ed, okay, so, so Joy's been sitting back there and I can see her white knuckling. She wants to get on. So why don't, why don't you go ahead and introduce Joy, Joy Wayne? So I, I met Joy. Joy is in HR and I've met her. She's had a couple of iterations at local local places. She's worked at Board of Water and Light. She's at Granger right now. And I thought it would be very important to bring Joy on because a part of the culture in manufacturing starts with HR 
and the teams that are building their employees up and making them feel loved and wanted and appreciated. So that's why Joy's here with me. She's helping me get into the culture. Well, Joy, you will find this somewhat ironic. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you both feel very young and me very old. This spin out of the Capillary Michigan Works was the result of myself and Doug, who at the time was running Capillary Michigan Works. That's right. And it was predicated on the fact that we found figures that showed in 15 years from that time, all industries, but in particular manufacturing, we're going to have a problem with people getting them. And it was simply baby boomers falling off one end and not enough babies coming in. So I blame that on the fact that we have not been amorous enough here in America. We, we didn't produce enough babies, right? <laughs> that was part of it. The other is, Joe, I wanted to tell you, I played 18 holes yesterday morning with Glenn Granger. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. I'll, I'll tell them you were at work today. Okay. <laughs> right. So, Joey, some of the things you deal with being an HR there, Ranger, is one of the big topics right now, and that's DEI. That's the diversity issue. Just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that definitely is a concern everywhere right now. So I know that there's lots of information out there and a lot of HR professionals are trying to get in front of that space and be able to get that out to their individual associates. At Granger, we're associates. Everybody's, that's kind of the, the term we use instead of employees, but it's definitely a concern and things that, that are happening more in the community, reaching out to get those professionals in front of our employees. Well, the other piece of this is there. there's a, a monetary, a number connected to the fact that you are more successful, the more diverse you are in your yes. workforce, right? Yes. Yeah, yep. so. and, and I definitely think in manufacturing, trying to find that diversity can be challenging, especially when it comes to women in manufacturing. So we're truly trying to increase and educate and, and make it more available. And, and I think just the information itself being out there is really important. So we've got to get hard hats on more long hair is what it is, right? All right. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies, thank you so much. Joy, it was a pleasure spending a little time with you, Joy Wagner and Cindy Kangas, the head of the Capital Area Manufacturers Council. We'll be back in a few minutes to actually do your program. So All right. we'll be right back on the Faces of Manufacturing, a new show on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Chris Holman. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. back to the Michigan Business Speed brought to you on the Michigan Business Network. Actually, a little mistake there. You all know me as the Michigan Business Speed. This is actually the faces of manufacturing, a new show that we are putting on our network here today. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to the host and co-host, Cindy Kangas. Cindy? Hello. Yes, I'm so excited. It's our inaugural episode. I'm Cindy Kangas. I am the executive director of the Capital Area Manufacturing Council, and I actually have a lovely co-host. Her name is Joy Wagner. Joy, you want to tell us where you're from? Yeah, my name is Joy Wagner. I am the HR manager of Granger Waste Services. 
So I met Joy a couple of months ago and we clicked immediately, both in personality and both in passion. We have a love for manufacturing and we wanted to tell the story of manufacturing based on the people that are working inside all of the factories that you're driving by on a daily basis. They're your neighbors and they are the best kept secret that should not be a secret. So Chris, I'm going to start with you as someone that kind of helped not only put the manufacturing council together many a years ago under Michigan Works. That's but just many, as, many years ago. Well, many, many <laughs> years ago, but also as someone that has a passion for manufacturing and someone that probably knows a lot of the manufacturers in the greater Lansing area. Let's start with some of your experience and where you hope to see manufacturing going. You know, it's interesting you alluded to starting this. It did start within the Capillary Michigan Works, and it was actually Doug Stites, who at the time was the director. We had lunch, and he brought me some figures that had been put together, and they showed that in 15 years from that lunch, there would be a shortage of talent in the manufacturing industry. And it was kind of interesting. So we called manufacturers together. We had a lunch at what at that time was the Sheraton, is now the Crown Plaza. And we said, look, this is not our dogfight. We're calling you together. Do with it as you will. But we think you probably should form some sort of an association. And if you do, we'll house you. And so that's why the Manufacturing Council was for many years at Capillary Michigan Works. And, you know, the passion comes from a number of things. First of all, I love, I love manufacturing. I have probably been in more factories than most people have dreamed about. Just because I love touring them, I love seeing new techniques, and I love seeing the difference between a small manufacturer who does CNC work to a major manufacturer like General Motors, who is, you know, 80% automated. So there's a lot of interesting stuff. And of course, I have a manufacturing facility in China and 300 employees there and seeing the difference between the two. And I want to make this point. I manufactured nothing there in competition with American manufacturers. That was one of the contingencies when I bought it. But the point is, they're getting worldwide very similar. And so we have to get more efficient, more competitive. And it's just great to see that progress. And in areas like, like 4.0 manufacturing, you know, where, where so many new techniques come in and so much new technology comes in. Because this talent problem, Cindy, as you know, Joy, is not going to go away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I tour probably about as many factories as you, if you know, maybe, maybe a few less, but I do my best to get into at least one or two factories every week. And the one thing that I've noticed, Chris, is that there is an amazing culture inside that people aren't talking about. I think people have this narrative in their brain, especially if they've grown up around here that, you know, factories are dirty work or maybe they're insecure jobs. Every place I've gone, it's been high tech. As you said, industry 4.0 is starting to take over. But to me, the most amazing part of manufacturing are the people behind the jobs. What brought them to these jobs? What skills, what skilled trade did they master to be able to be on the line working, welding, putting something together? And then where's their source of pride? You know what I mean? What are they making that makes them so proud that they're shipping it across the globe and they actually got, got to touch it? So I want to hear your thoughts on the culture of manufacturing. Well, you know, and that's it. And Joy, I think can probably step on me here a little bit because you <laughs> might even know more about this. But yeah, I, I've seen studies on grandparents who took grandkids to big skyscrapers that they'd laid bricks on and said, 
grandpa helped build that. And the same thing happens in manufacturing. You know, when when a piece that they help manufacture comes into play with the family, they're able to say, you know what, I helped build that, or I helped produce 10,000 of those or whatever. There is this culture and this piece of it. And because of the coordination required, you have to realize that these people have to be a family. They have to work together. They have to be a team because if they don't, it's interrupted. Did I, did I hit some salient oh, yeah. points there, Joy? Yes, for sure. People have to have a, a feel a purpose and that what they do has value every single day in order to want to come to work every day and work together. Definitely culture plays a humongous part in keeping people. People leave people. So it's the job itself. They want to have value and feel like they're doing a good job. They want to feel like the company appreciates what they're doing and what they're adding. So it's really important. And right now when people are moving from job to job and there's lots of movement and difficult to keep people, a culture is a big part of that. So definitely. So this goes back to the 1950s and all the Deming principles that said, look, get everybody's mind involved. <laughs> somebody has a good idea, right? Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, Chris, we're going to have a great time on this show. My counterpart, Joy, and I, we've got lots of plans to build up that talent pipeline, to share corporate culture, and really just celebrate manufacturing in Michigan. This has been Cindy Kangas and my counterpart, my co-host, Joy Wagner, on the Michigan Business Network. This has been Faces of Manufacturing. Thanks so much. Thanks. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. Hi, this is Cindy Kangas, and you're listening to Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network. And today we are working with Waverly Robotics, one of my favorite local robotics teams. And our first interview is with Aaliyah Washington. Aaliyah, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good about you. Good, good. I'm so excited to chat with you. Let's start by you giving us your age, your grade, a little bit of information, maybe what your favorite class is in school. Okay, so I am currently 17 years old. I'm an 11th grader. Probably like my favorite class would have to be a modern lit because like English is just like so easy and it's really fun to read all those books and learn about these stories. So I love that. I love that. So let's go back. Let's take it back to when you were little. Aaliyah, what did you want to be when you grew up? What were your aspirations when you were little? Little Aaliyah. Little Leah. Honestly, Little Leah. I wanted to be many things, but I think the main thing was probably between a lawyer or probably like a construction builder. When you were growing up in elementary school or middle school, did you know anything about manufacturing or did anyone ever teach you about skilled trades? Absolutely not. No, I grew up in like a family that was like heavily like be a doctor, be a lawyer, be anything that's like high salary and whatnot. The closest thing I had to like anything manufacturing wise, like in fourth grade, we had a Lego robotics club and by one of the fourth grade teachers. And then like I did that. And that was like the closest thing I had to anything remotely skilled. So now you just told us about your Lego club. Tell me Mm -hmm. what brought you to the robotics club in high school. Honestly, it was 
probably just Mr. Parks, like advertising and like recruiting a bunch of people because you kind of put two and together. Because so I go to a career center and I do programming there. And he was like, oh, we can use my kids on programming. Join. At first, it was like really like rocky because I was like, man, I don't really feel like I have a spot with programming. And then I got into like safety team and like more like ergonomics and like incorporating like safety, a little bit of engineering. And then that's when I really got like set off into that. Let's go back a little bit for those people that don't really know about robotics and about the robotics competition. Can you give us just a little hint about like what you build on a yearly basis and the competitions that you attend? So this is actually my first year, so I only have like an extent of knowledge. But from what I know is that every year we get like a challenge or they give us like requirements that we have to meet to like build our robot to and what our robot needs to do during competition. So like this year, we could shoot like high or low basket and use hangers to climb and go on the rungs and whatnot. And that's how we scored points this year. So it's just a matter of taking in what they give us, building based off that, and then just hoping to win. <laughs> Are you feeling like a family atmosphere? Are you getting along with all of your, oh, yeah. like, home, oh, yeah. your workmates there? This is there like and, the most and you guys at are... home I felt. Yeah. It's like the most at home I felt in like years. So. Do you have a favorite thing about robotics? Honestly, in my opinion, it is probably like diversity and like personalities, ages, and like just the different people that are here that like have different aspirations and like just some people that you don't expect, some people you do, and then just seeing them interact. Do you feel like robotics is giving you some real life skills that you can take out into the workplace once you graduate? Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like since I've joined, I've been like more social and more confident and like definitely more like I've had more of like a business oriented like mindset. Like I'm like, OK, I have priorities now. I have to get this done. This is what it's important. I'm better at approaching people about important stuff and getting like plans across and whatnot. I love that. OK, so what would you tell kids that are in elementary school right now or maybe in middle school about robotics? If you had to do a commercial about robotics and tell them why they should join or what it is, what would you tell them? I'd probably tell them like what any other person would say, but I really mean it when I say like, it's a really good place, like an area to bring people together. Because like when people think robotics, they think, oh man, it's just a bunch of nerds building a robot. No, like there's so much like there's business teams, there's catting teams, building, there's the like all a lot that goes behind it, like building a website. And right now we're currently working on like a merch store. And like, there's Mm -hmm. just so much that you get that you wouldn't think you'd get on a robotics team. That's like so out there in like the real world and all these opportunities you get. Like I was able to get an internship at Salesforce. Yeah. So it was just great. A lot of opportunities for anyone going into anything. Really quick. I always love seeing women in STEM. So I'm really excited. As we kind of wrap up this segment, I would love for you to tell me your goals and where you think your future is going now that you're not a little kid anymore. What you think you're going to do after you graduate? After I graduate, definitely going straight to college, probably like it's between Kettering, Michigan Tech. And if I do get accepted, maybe Berkeley in California. And after that, I do want to pursue, it's honestly between like safety engineering or industrial engineering, just somewhere in a field where I can like work with ergonomics and like incorporating like different stuff into like a workplace and engineering environment. I love it. Okay, so we're going to be right back with more Waverly Robotics. This is Cindy Kangas with Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network. That's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit. 
because frequent watering of your houseplants may be recommended. Now can we get a new roof? Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. Hello, this is Joy Wagner. I'm with Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. And today we're going to be talking to the head coach, Jeff Parks from Waverly Robotics. I'm super excited to be here and have you here to talk with us today. Super excited to be here. So I wanted to ask a little bit about, you know, your history, your background, and kind of what you do with the robotics team, if you can give us a little more information. Yeah, so we've been around for five years. We started in 2017, and that year we went all the way to Worlds. We had 17 kids. Our second year, we expanded to about 50 students and really started to go down some different pathways where we started a podcast. We really started to double down on our manufacturing capabilities and teaching manufacturing to the students. And then we also expanded out into a branding team, you know, buttons, electrical, really started to teach more of those skills explicitly. Our third year, we were on a really great track. And then, of course, the COVID pandemic hit us. And so we just broke for that year. So we were able to compete once, which was really awesome. And we we're really fortunate for that. Not every team got to do that. And then our fourth year, we were all online. And that was not maybe the most fun. We had probably right around 10 or 15 students. And they were really committed. And I really appreciate them because they kept us coaches one too, because obviously that wasn't what we loved either. And we built a knee pad and we did some things online for that. And then our fifth year, our biggest success point was just that we were able to come back. So we are just under 50 strong again. We had a phenomenal season. We did a lot of expansion in our workshop. We were able to build a really fun robot. While we didn't go to States, our shooter on a robot was, I think, in the top 15% in the state. So that was pretty cool. That's amazing. So talking a little bit about COVID, how did you work to keep the students that were involved engaged through that time? What kind of activities did you do during that? So I'd say two things that we did, we continued kind of an ideal that we have. And so as a team, we're really big on student leadership. And so we kind of put that back on the, our student leaders again and said, hey, right, so fresh new challenge this year. How do we keep kids engaged in a two-hour meeting so that like you want to come? And the biggest answer to that was playing games. We would always break for 15 or 20 minutes online. We played code names. We played Among Us. We played quite a few and the adults always got involved too. And that seemed to really create a nice community with those people that are coming. And I mean, if we started to miss a game or like the game wasn't going to happen, I think kids would have stopped coming pretty quickly. They were really into that game in the middle. They would really push for it. And, you know, that was a time too when the kids were really craving connection and the adults were too. I mean, I remember talking to another adult, another coach, another mentor on the phone about, hey, that meeting, we didn't get a lot done. They were like, man, but that game was so much fun. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. And the kids really echoed that too. So that was a huge piece of that. That's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Did you get any feedback from the students about how coming back came or felt coming back to be in person? Did they talk a little bit about what they'd like to see moving forward? They did. They were excited. I think that this year we came back a little bit slow at first. So recruit, recruit was huge this year. And then the numbers really started to roll in. And then we're in the season. I feel like this year we're always kind of playing a little bit of catch up, but I think it was a really successful year. At the end of our season is really when our students started to talk about 
what does this experience look like and how can we make it better? So we had a couple of students who put together like a robotics constitution and we started mm-hmm. a new role for next year with those two students. They're going to be what's called a robotics ambassador. And so they'll be able to kind of take feedback from students and then deliver that up to the coaches because the one disadvantage with our adult volunteers and things is there's a handful of them and they're not all teachers. And so sometimes the kids can be a little bit intimidated to talk to them or to share things with them. And that allows them kind of this workaround, this way to get their voice heard without having to maybe talk to five adults at once or even one adult. They can talk to their peers, get their voices heard, and we can be able to hear the feedback quicker. Wonderful. How many mentors do you have in the program currently? So we have right around 14, but that is a wide variety of commitment levels. We have some that only come for a few weeks every year and we still appreciate them and you know love their contributions. We have some that come maybe once a month, but they'll come all year. And then we have some that, I mean, would never miss a meeting. And so we're all over the board with commitment level, but that's kind of how we do it to be able to have like a greater network of mentors and a little bit more of a brain trust with that. Wonderful. It sounds like an amazing program. So just to kind of wrap it up, what are the plans for the summer? Do you still have connections through the summer or touch points with the students? We are. So some summers we've met a little bit. This summer we're meeting quite a bit because we didn't go to states. We're really committed to making some changes and doing some cool stuff. The biggest thing that we realized is that in the students and the mentors, we centralize our talents too much and we don't cross train enough. And so we just launched a Google training program that myself, some of the mentors, some of the students worked on, and we have kind of a level system. It's a very simple system. It's like three levels and a lot of it's hands-on. The Google Classroom part is just because we intake members all the time and we want to be able to get them all to a basic level before where they're thrown into projects. And it's starting to work really well. I think that we need to put some time behind it and it will start to really yield us some cool stuff. And then we're also building some cool things. We've got something that we're under the radar that we're building. And so we're excited to announce that once it's done. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This is Joy Wagner with Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. managed meetings, carefully planned conferences, and beautiful beginnings. That's what you'll find at Treetops Resort. We have an ideal location just minutes from I-75 and over 25,000 square feet of meeting and convention space. No matter what you're planning, let our spectacular views, spacious lodging, and outstanding customer service show you why Treetops is Michigan's most spectacular resort. Get a no-hassle quote for your next meeting at treetops.com or call at 888-TREETOPS. I'm Cindy Kangas. You're listening to Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. We're back with Waverly Robotics, and I have two young men here. If you could introduce yourselves, tell us your age, your grade, and what you like about robotics. My name is Alan Pham. I'm 17 years old. I was a senior this year. I'm currently graduating. And robotics is very team-oriented. I'm 18 years old, and same as Alan, I'm currently graduating. And my favorite thing about robotics is people. So like, just like as the others said, It's very team-oriented. 
there's a lot of bonding going on. And I think that's what makes robotics special. Yeah, I love that. So because this is a podcast hyper-focused on manufacturing, I would love to hear how you all put your robots together. Tell us where you get your supplies. Tell us how you figure out who's going to put them together. Just tell us how it happens. How do you manufacture your robot? Our team has a lot of sponsors. We have connections all across Lansing. And because of that, we can source our materials from different places. For us actually putting together the materials in-house, we have different CNC mills, lasers, things like that kind a lot of tools and overall a lot of people like the aspect of building the robot so we always have hands that want to get into the manufacturing idea and like get taught by all of our mentors on doing that yeah and we make sure that we put a lot of focus we make sure that our team members they learn the specific skills that they need and so that when we put together the robot we have like specific teams for each purpose And then we just hand them that and they go off from there. Yeah. Alan, let's go back to you because I've been to one of those giant competitions before, but I don't think the average person will know what it's like. And there's just so much excitement and so much energy. So I'm hoping you can tell me what the contests are like for you, what the challenges are like. And then I'm hoping that you can also explain what happens between the contests when you're kind of in that pit row and you're fixing your robot. Can you start with that, Alan? Inside the pits, there is a person limit. I think it's about five people. So at one time, you can only have about five people in the pits. I'm one of those people. So I don't really see what happens on the stands most of the time because, you know, when the robot comes back, it'll come back mangled. We've had to drop off of heights before. We've had to scrap some ideas in the middle of a competition, really. We've also had to... For example, there are sometimes when we have to change out a motor that is high stress because it's buried inside of a robot. In the middle of competition, it is fast paced to say the least. It's very fast paced. Mm-hmm. Preet, over to you. How about you tell us about like the challenge itself and what it's like to kind of be in the pit with all of these other robots and what's happening? So I was not in the pit as much as Alan, but there were a few times that I were there in case like I was ever needed. So as he said, it is very high stress. Sometimes we have times between our matches where we only have a few minutes and we don't know what's wrong and we don't know to fix it. So it's really just everyone in there. We're just racking our brains together to make sure we can come up with the most efficient solution with what we have on hand. And when you look around, you can see every other team is doing the same. But that's just one of the many challenges that come with. I had a great time. I attended the last event and I just couldn't stop screaming and shouting and jumping up and down. It was just like a regular sports event, really. It was amazing. So Alan, let's start with you. Now that you're 18, you're looking ahead to your future. Tell me what you're doing now that you're graduating and tell me if that's what you had planned growing up. For anything past, I guess, I enrolled into a bunch of different colleges. I eventually chose actually Michigan Tech up in the UP. I signed up for the computer networking up there. But for the team, I did a lot of programming. That was another choice that I could have went with easily. Michigan Tech's a great school for that. For if I wanted to do it as a kid, I guess I did. I've always been in the computer space. I tinkered around with them when I was way younger than I am right now. It's something that I always wanted to do, really. Preet, let's go over to you. Tell us what you're doing after you graduate. I'm going to be pursuing electrical engineering at Michigan State University. If you asked the younger me, he never would have said that. (laughs) I love that. Well, I'm so thankful that you all were able to join us today. It's great to see great minds making robots and taking them to challenges and representing Waverly. This has been Cindy Kangas with Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. Stay tuned.
Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. Hi, this is Joy Wagner with Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. I'm here with Brittany Parks. So excited that you're here to talk to me today about Waverly Robotics. So Brittany, you're one of the coaches for the robotics team. I wonder if you could start off with telling us a little about you and your history. For starters, I'm married to the head coach and with (laughs) the team from the beginning. So five years and things that I focus on the team is process improvement, safety elements of the team. And also we have implemented 6S into the shop as well. Wonderful. You want to explain a little bit more about what 6S is and your maybe background in it? Yeah. So for the past seven years, I've been in some type of continuous improvement position and 6S is an acronym of 6S's. It's a systematic approach for organizing like the workplace or an area. Wonderful. So the 6S's, what are they? Yeah. So we have sort, we have set in order, shine, sustain and standardize. And then our number one S would be safety. Oh, awesome. That's wonderful. So how do you like help teach them these principles that they can apply them doing the robotics? So there's several different ways that we teach them about success. And since now we have like a Google classroom, we've started building training modules that we'll be posting on there for every student. Previous to that, it was just kind of me at a whiteboard going over what success is and, you know, coming up with a plan on how we were going to implement it within the shop with the students. But now it's becoming a little bit more formalized and part of our culture. We have posters hanging up now. And we've also allocated positions within our leadership bracket as well towards success. Wonderful. So with the students, and they've been through a lot of transition over the last few years and coming back. So did you do some retraining with some returning students on this? And what other kind of training have you done with the students? I've done several trainings. And then, of course, all of our mentors and coaches have done trainings as well on things within the shop. But we've also brought in external trainers as sponsors, and they've provided a formal professional OSHA certification for several of our students. And then we've also had a professional trainer and coach come in and provide a leadership training as well, that they were able to obtain a certificate. And both of those items are able to be put onto their resumes and they use those skills within our shop every day. And also they're able to use those skills, you know, in other life adventures that they have. That's wonderful. That's amazing. I think that that's great skills, especially from an HR perspective. (laughs) I like the safety and the leadership portion. So as you've seen things kind of transition over the last couple of years, especially with COVID, have you seen any like challenges that may have been faced by the students or you guys as a team? that you were able to kind of overcome? 
I think one of our challenges through COVID, and it's starting to alleviate a little bit at this point, but obtaining materials and supplies. I think many manufacturers and other businesses had that same challenge. And during our competition season, you know, we only have about six weeks from start to finish. And so we are trying to get our supplies in as fast as possible so we can, you know, put the robot together and do what we need to do. So I think that's probably one of our main challenges from COVID. The others, I guess we just kind of worked through, you know, if there was an exposure, you know, we followed the school policy, but all of our students were really good about following all of the school guidelines and mass requirements and, you know, all of that good stuff. So I would say just obtaining materials was our biggest challenge. And then one last thing before we close up, a positive outcome coming out of COVID. Do you have one you could share with us? I would say, you know, rebuilding the team members, you know, we were kind of low and pretty quickly there was several students that were interested in robotics and they came out and didn't know a thing about robotics and they jumped right in. They found their area or two areas that they loved and strive for a leadership, you know, position, made friends. And, you know, we just built that community with new members. Nice. All right. So can you tell us, Brittany, where we can find you if we want to learn more about Waverly Robotics? Yeah. So our website is www.waverlyrobotics.org. Wonderful. Thank you so much. This has been Joy Wagner with Brittany Parks with Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network.